Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from Fancy Football Scout. It's team reveal time as we look ahead to game week one of the 2023-24 season. Pre-season is almost over and we're getting ready to finalise our teams. This time we are joined by Andy, aka FPL Sonaldo, from the Burning Questions uh, uh, video and podcast, uh, which is a highlight of my week, uh, anyway, uh, during... Uh, during uh, uh, each week as I prepare for the uh, the game week and all the conundrums that are ahead. Andy, welcome. How are you? Uh, great, Joe. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited for the new season to kick off and appreciate the kind words regarding burning questions. Mm-hmm. I, too, am a big fan of you, Joe. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, keep carrying on with the great videos you've been doing. Oh, th- well, thanks a lot. Um, so um, before we get, we tuck into your team, um, uh, which uh, we've got up on screen in a, in a bit, um, uh, just a bit of background about you with um, FPL. So we know that you you host burning questions uh, each week, um, so people are familiar with uh, with your thoughts each week. But what's your sort of background in FPL? Uh, where do you where do you come out uh, to the game? Yeah, I think uh, when I first began my first season a couple of years back, I was really obsessed with the game. But the core and the root of all of this is from just loving football as a kid. I played, you know, quite a bit growing up and, um, you know, not not the professional level, but pretty, you know, pretty well. And then uh, sort of you just get obsessed about, about, you know, the World Cup, the Premier League, whatever it may be. Found this game. Um, it's very difficult for east asians so what by east asia i mean japan Mm -hmm. korea maybe even southeast asia to really get into the game of fpl especially because of the time differences um and so you know sometimes i'm watching games at three in the morning four in the morning and even i want to sleep it's like really bad sleep patterns um so that's the difficulty i face with trying to grow the game out in korea i don't feel responsibility but i would love to Mm -hmm. try to get this game out more uh in east asia and so I've been doing some content with some Korean YouTubers as well. But okay. uh, yeah, that's sort of the background of how I became uh, FPL, the game itself. OK, yeah. well, I, I, I imagine um, that uh, though those from South Korea um, and, and across Asia who are watching you each week, you probably getting to know them a little bit more. They probably the same names are, are cropping up in the live chat on burning questions as well. And I noticed actually this week, I think there was the first uh, Nigerian FPL meets event uh, where managers got together as well. So that's happening there. It's starting to crop up all, all around the world as well. So, you know, perhaps that will happen soon in South Korea, which would be good. Um, so, um, yeah, OK. So let's have a look at your bus team then. Before we put that up, just a reminder to everyone to do press that like button if you like this video and also do uh, do subscribe so you can keep up to date with all our latest content uh, throughout the week. Um, OK, let's put your bus team up then. 
And by bus team, I mean, if the worst should happen with ourselves <laughs> and a bus and a collision, um, this is the team we've got while we recover in hospital. Um, so if you just want to sort of quickly run through it and then we'll we'll leap back in with uh, and, and look at the, the players and, and your thinking behind it. So, yeah, if you just want to run through your team. Yeah, it's a very popular draft. I'm sure a lot of, you know, managers have a similar sort of template as I do. It's a 3-5-2 for now, Johnson in goal. Chilwell, Gabriel, Estupinan at the three-back. In the midfield, I've got Bruno Fernandes, Rashford, Saka, Martinelli, and Matoma as my fifth mm. mid. Up top, I've got Holland and Watkins. Uh, I really like this pick as my first defender. I'm pretty sure I'm going to go with him at Udogi as mm. my um, first defense. And then Balduk and Mbuma uh, as my deep bench. Okay. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. Once Ariola becomes Turner... Uh, that's kind of where I'm going to be. Yeah. Okay, just just to point out, um, people can see a Luton defender there on the bench there. He's actually now Bulldog. Um, so oh, it's just sorry. One, yeah. one of the changes that we made. So just to, just to highlight that to those those watching uh, before I get lots of comments saying, hey, hey, Bulldog's not at Luton. Um, <laughs> but um, okay, so is there any money in the bank with this? Yes, I have 0.5 in uh, the bank, which... I'm okay with. I think it's good that I do have 0.5 in the bank because anytime you have a 0.1, 0.2 rise, uh, it's very difficult really in the first first one, two, three game weeks to uh, get on that unless you have, you know, two transfers. Mm -hmm. um, but I would prefer to have 1 million in the bank because I'm looking at a sneaky transfer in game week three where I, I want to get Mitomo up to a 7.5. So okay. uh, I just like having 0.5 in the bank to start with. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say, what what would you use it for? Um, and it sounds like you've got a sort of a, a general general plan earmarked for game week three. There, I, I too in my my draft have a point five in the bank. I consider it like an extra player because, as yeah. you said, when when that point one uh, price rise happens for a player you you want, uh, or you get a drop for a player you want to get yeah. rid of, um, that's it. That move's gone. But that point five gives you that that safety net. Um, and it yeah. can be can be really handy and can aid flexibility. Yeah, yeah just a note on that. I think uh, psychologically, a lot of us expect a great result in game week one. I don't know. I uh, mm -hmm. want to get off to a really good start in game week one. I'm sure you do, Joe. I'm sure mm -hmm. I do. But in reality, you just don't. We don't have enough data. We don't really know how these teams will perform. We don't really know who's going to be the enablers. Who's going to be the really good picks. Um, so you just want to have that safety blanket and be able to maneuver to different price points and different players just in case someone really good emerges. And if you don't have a route to get there, it's yeah. going to be difficult. Yeah. Okay. I just draw everyone's attention to a video that came out this week um, on price points where I have a chat about price points and about particularly they change each year. And this year and your team is a good example of that. There is a wealth of options in midfield of between eight and nine million. And there is a wealth of options in defence around five million, five point five million. Um, and so and this team bears that out. So let's get stuck in with some of those um, choices. We'll, we'll go straight from the back. Um, a lot of a lot of teams I've seen have got Onana, uh, the Manchester United yes. um, goalkeeper. You could get him. You could use that point five. But you've gone for Johnston at Crystal Palace. Why, why have you gone for Johnston? And I, and I guess... Why a 4.5 um, goalkeeper? Yeah, it's a, it was a tricky one. Um, I I would like to get Onana. If, if Onana was 4.5, no doubt I would want him. Mm. But taking a closer look at this, I'm not really sure how trustworthy the United defense is at this moment in time. I know their fixtures are good. But 
you know, there's a couple things going against Onana. They play a very high line. Um, it's not like the United defense is set yet. I think Ten Hag is really getting into the rhythm of, you know, formulating his philosophy within the team. But I, I just want to see a little bit more uh, from United defense before I really invest in them. And so he's a keeper, right? He's not Luke Shaw. Maybe if it was Luke Shaw, it would be a different story. But what can Onana actually get? If he gets a clean sheet and racks up bonus, sure, it's a 9-10 pointer. But what are the chances of that in the first six, seven, eight, nine game weeks? If you take a look at every single fixture, I don't know if, if the chances are that high. So I would rather kind of take a bet against Onana here and use that 0.5 in the mm -hmm. bank or you know, up in the field somewhere. Yeah. Okay. And you mentioned about um, uh, Turner coming in for Ariola. So you've got mm -hmm. Ariola as your bench, but Turner has just, I think it, just in the last half an hour I've seen, has just officially been signed by Nottingham Forest uh, from Arsenal. So he's the USA international goalkeeper um, mm -hmm. down, you know, down the pecking order at, at Arsenal. So he's moved on to get first team football. So he hopes um, we don't know whether Dean Henderson is going to Nottingham Forest permanently this season. Uh, they talk that he will be, in which case he'd be competing with Turner. Um, but nevertheless, we could have a starting four million. So does that help in your decision with a 4.5 goalkeeper, knowing that perhaps in Turner, you can actually get some points off the bench should Johnston not play or Johnston have a very tough fixture. You always want 15 playing players at all times if you can. Uh, but obviously, we know, Joe, from your experience, 4.0 keepers, 4.5 forwards, you know, they're rarely playing. So um, Turner is a good option, but I don't like heavily think about rotating Turner and Johnson. They rotate pretty well. There's yeah. about four games where you can start Turner over Johnson, but Preferably, I, I might just start Johnson here on out. And mm -hmm. if there's an opportunity, I'll, I'm willing to take that risk. But as you mentioned, Henderson, I do, I do believe he's going to come by the end of the transfer window. I'm not sure who's first choice, second choice. Henderson's most likely first choice. But I'm sure Turner will get a efficient amount or you know enough starts from the, the beginning of the season. Mm. Yeah, okay. what I'll do is I'll just put the fixtures up on the screen. We'll come back to your team in a sec, but we'll just go to the fixtures. This is to test that out, really. Um, so we've got mm -hmm. Crystal Palace, great fi opening fix against Sheffield United. Sheffield United, I believe, are going to go because Ndaya has gone now. Um, so the chief goal threat has gone. They're probably going to be fielding Ollie McBurney up front. Um, so basically a championship striker. So that's good news for a clean sheet for Crystal Palace. But then they do have Arsenal and Brentford next. So you wouldn't mm -hmm. expect, um, well, you certainly wouldn't expect clean sheets against Arsenal. Then they've got Wolves, uh, Villa, wouldn't expect a clean sheet there. Fulham, yeah, maybe. And then Manchester United. Um, and then Nottingham Forest itself against uh, potentially Turner. Um, so you can see there, there's a real, there's a, there's a mixed bag there. Whereas Sheffield United, so, I mean, let's take, for example, the Arsenal game. You probably don't want to field Johnson against Arsenal. Sheffield United. You could start Turner. Yep. Uh, sorry, sorry. Um, sorry, Nottingham Forest of playing Sheffield United again. So you, you've got this, uh, you've got a nice start for those those two. So that does does bear out there. So um, Luke moving down Crystal Palace to so say um, the Aston Villa game. So you've got Watkins. Um, so you clearly have faith in the Villa attack there. So moving down to Nottingham Forest. Well, hey, presto, Nottingham Forest have Burnley then. So, yeah, all bears, all bears out and, and, and so on with those fixtures there. So um, good planning. And um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, man, he's got me tempted. <laughs> Uh, so, I, I think I think the one thing against Johnson, uh, Joe, is that he plays, I think, two away games out of the first three. Yeah. Uh, and Crystal Palace are generally not the best away team um, from last year's uh, 
what we saw last year. Granted, uh, this was post Vieira. It was a little bit better, but mm -hmm. still there weren't great away. So that's the one thing I'm a little bit worried about. But Crystal Palace looked like a good team in preseason, and I'm hoping for some clean sheets from the first nine game weeks. Okay, so moving to defence, you're starting with Chilwell, Gabriel and Estupinan. I'm not going to dwell on the merits of those players because that's been well documented and um, they're quite standard and for, for good reason in, a, in the sort of template. Um, but I guess the, the one of the issues there is playing Chilwell um, as opposed to perhaps playing Stones or, or, or Manchester City defender there. So you, you fancy the chances of Chilwell getting... a um, Getting a clean sheet against Liverpool, but getting getting some form of return. I mean, a clean sheet seems doubtful considering the form, attacking form Liverpool's in. But you, you're happy with Chilwell? I think you're asking very good questions that I've been asking myself. In terms of Chilwell, it's very simple for me. It's Chilwell versus Stones. Mm -hmm. um, but I try to think about Estupinan's position and whether what he might become in a, a couple of game weeks time, because I'm looking at Gavardiol as a po potential 5.0 option. I'm hoping, not hoping, but if Laporte does leave and, you know, we know Ake is very injury prone, there might be a chance that Gavardiol locks up that spot as a starter. But I say this with caution in Pep's team. Um, I am worried about not having a Man City defense. I'm almost 80-90% there with Chilwell. Mm -hmm. I see Chilwell as a long-term pick. I yeah. see him as a until-the-wildcard sort of mm -hmm. game nine-game weeks type of pick. Um, whereas I see Estupinan as a potential change to a Man City player very, very soon. Um, so that's why maybe it's good a good idea to start with Chilwell. And if you really look at the first two fixtures, mm -hmm. Man City play Newcastle in game week two. I don't see a clean sheet there. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe. I do think that when you have stones in your team, you shouldn't be relying on the attacking output. It's mm -hmm. purely based on clean sheets, yeah. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you go for a Chilwell, Liverpool, there's got to be space for him, right? Mm -hmm. He's basically a winger at this point in mm -hmm. time. West Ham, maybe there's an opportunity he gets a return and a clean sheet. Who knows? But it's that game week three where he becomes a really good option yeah. to, all the way to game week eight. So yeah. I, I'm leaning towards Joel at the moment. Yeah, I mean, just to, re to remind people, I've got the fixtures back up on the screen now. Um, from game week three, uh, yeah, I mean, Chilwell, you, you you want to be playing him a lot because you can possibly get attacking returns, but clean sheets look very likely. They've got Luton at home, Nottingham Forest at home, Bournemouth away, Aston Villa at home, uh, Fulham away, Burnley away. This is a nice run of fixtures, really, with po possibly only the Villa game being tricky for clean sheets. So you might you might end up getting clean sheets for all of those other matches. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, I have seen what I mean. One option I'm I've got at the moment, and I've seen in other teams is have Chilwell and Stones. And I've got Chilwell nice. first on my bench at the moment, which I, I am worried about given the space he might get. But I'm for me defenders. Bread and butter is clean sheets. Midfielders, bread mm -hmm. and butter. Assists, happy if you can get a goal. Strikers, goals. That's it. I'm basic. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, I go along with that. Um, Sorry? Yeah, so uh, I, yeah. I, I, I go along with that sort of clean going for clean sheets above everything else. Um, so, um, yeah, go back to your team again. Looking at... Um, so. Yeah, I mean, whilst Chilwell might not get a clean sheet in this opening fixture, he certainly will, uh, I would imagine, in the following fixtures. And, um, yeah, that space he could get because he'll be up against um, Alexander-Arnold, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, this is a very interesting point that I picked up from, I can't remember who it was, but I, I, it might have been 
Fabio Borge, or in, I, I read it somewhere, um, where there was a time where one of the top managers in the world would move ahead of the template by picking two te- two players from a team that's about to have a fixture turn. It's yeah. very, I, I'm probably butchering this explanation, yeah. but what I mean by this is that in game week three, Chelsea start off with Luton, right? We don't really know if Chelsea is going to get off to a hot start. Mm. We don't really know what potches Chelsea is going to look like. Mm. And Cuckoo's injured. So now, you know, that throws a wrench into these plans. But let's say that Chelsea are not too bad. Everybody's going to want one Chelsea player in mm. game week three, right? Mm. And who's that going to be? Most likely Chilwell. Mm. But let's say you have Chilwell in your team already. Mm-hmm. You can get onto the Reese James. Yeah. You can get onto the Jackson. You can get onto. Um, Mudrik even whoever it may be and have two and one ahead of the template so this was a very interesting sort of meta strategy that I picked up and that person was willing to take minus fours to get two ahead of the game weeks Mm -hmm. uh, ahead of the template and then keep those two for four or five game weeks so that they can make up the minus four and plus so uh, another very interesting strategy that's maybe lurking in the back of my mind Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think, I mean, I've come to your uh, your first bench because you're sort of doing that with the Spurs player here. You've got a Dogi mm. as a 4.5 defender, um, had a great preseason. So it looks like he's playing. Um, but let- let's go back to the fixtures again. So you- you've got a Spurs guy parked on your bench and then we'll mm-hmm. go back to the fixtures uh, and have a look at Spurs in the first eight. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, they have got they've got Brentford away, which, you know, could 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 be okay but they've got Manchester United so you probably won't get a clean sheet there but then game week three is this a sort of fixture turn here you've got Bournemouth Burnley away Sheffield United it gets a bit tough with Arsenal and Liverpool so you can go back on the bench and then you've got Luton so it, it, it's definitely a team you want to have a piece of around that time so you, yeah. is that, that that's the philosophy you're using that same philosophy there with him yeah yeah I think so I think I'm looking at that game week three where Udogi really maybe becomes a legitimate option. Um, you know, Joe, you just mm. mentioned to me, for you, you keep it simple, defenders are mm. clean sheets. Yeah. And I do agree with you. I think 70, 80% of why you have a defender is possibly for clean sheets. But there's Chowell, there's Estupinan, who are sort of sneaker, midfield attacking type of defender mm-hmm. picks that you are very hopeful that they mm. get an attacking return, right? Especially guys like Chowell. Udogi is people are sleeping on him. I I think in my opinion, he's a lock to start in that left uh, left back role. Okay. I think under Ainge, uh, they're going to want to see Udogi, Son, and Madison really form a nice chemistry from that left zone, that triangle, whatever you want to call it. And it, tactically speaking, Son is always pulling out wide, mm-hmm. giving space for Udogi to run in. Granted, if you look at the heat maps and if you look at the preseason games, it's not like he's you know, bullish on I'm bullish on him getting attacking returns, but it's still a nice thing to have to have a attacking defender in a decent team that's very attacking in terms of philosophy as well. So I think Udogi is someone that I've been keen on for a couple of weeks and pretty much there with my four point five uh, okay. pick from the defense. So you yeah. go with that that sort of price point structure there rather than um, using that 0.5 to, to upgrade that um, it, it going going for that 4.5 option. So if it wasn't him, it could yeah. be perhaps uh, another person might have Pinnock or, or Henry from yeah. uh, from yeah. Brentford, for example, could be could be another option in there. 
Yeah. I mean, if I'm I, if I want to stretch it, I could even go Gavardiol instead of Udogi, okay. uh, and and maybe sit on him for a bit. But you know, uh, it's just a unnecessary decision, I think, right now. Yeah. It's also with uh, our experience of Man City as well. Is the good players um, uh, Pep tends to want them to bed in a bit. Um, True. And so we will mm-hmm. see perhaps in the first few months even of a player not really getting those starts but then coming in I mean he could be he's a bit special but then they're all a bit special because that's why Man City signs them they don't don't sign bad players yeah um okay let's move into midfield obviously you've gone for 3-5-2 because there's so many midfield options especially in that 8 million or so price bracket um I'm not going to dwell on Saka and Rashford's they, uh, you know, attack chief attacking threat and penalty taker in Saka's case for their sides. Um, well owned for good reason. It's the other two, Fernandez and Martinelli. So, um, you're happy with double uh, Manchester United, and and are you happy with Fernandez as a, as a as a choice? So the the midfield almost self picked itself in terms of as you mentioned mm. Rashford and Saka. Bruno, I came to terms with in the last, I think, week. Uh, I just think it's a it's a good opportunity. And why why would you? I I, I started overthinking that pick a yeah. little bit. Of oh, he's playing too deep. Like, is there a different option? Um, but I think Bruno Fernandez, with the fixtures given, you just have to go for him from the start. So really, the tough ones for me were Martinelli and Matoma, mm-hmm. and then Salah came into the fold all of a sudden with Dan Cuckoo and um, Jesus injuries. So. Uh, I also did a solid draft where essentially it's Salah versus I think Watkins and that second Arsenal mid mm-hmm. mid position, um, but I do like Watkins a lot and Martinelli just looked really good in the Community Shield. The difficulty I have with Martinelli is either him or Odegaard because I do think Odegaard is more minutes safe, mm. but but maybe play slightly deeper. But I say that with caution too because if you look at the Community Shield, he was actually quite high as well, sort of. You know, mix matching with yeah. Havertz when Havertz dropped deep, Odegaard was making these runs, and even more closer to goal than and than Martinelli at times. The heat map will tell you something else, but uh, that was the kind of dilemma I had. And Matoma, I just see him as a very short term punt, yeah. even though that he, even though he's a template pick. Yeah. yeah, I mean he is. I mean, I mean the Matoma's was I think by points was the third best behind Gross and March, I think mm-hmm. um, last season. Um, so he's not even the best Brighton midfielder, but he is owned by four out of ten managers, two out of five um, yeah. uh, FPL managers. So yeah, any returns from him it will hurt if you don't own him. But at the same time, I mean, he is a he's a great player. I mean, he's, he's great on the eye. Um, yeah. With Martinelli, I know what you mean about Odegaard's because it was going to depend. I mean, there's options now in midfield. So whether Rice plays um, there, um, Odegaard's might be might have more license to go forwards um and it might be completely different say if trossard has played also in midfield as well well then it might be odegaard who goes back uh, a bit more so it's going to change with each match but yes he will get those minutes but martinelli yeah he was i think in the heat map he was the furthest forward um yep. in the in the uh community shield so that indicates he's a good pick but um trossard can come in either as a false nine or to replace martinelli um so there is that that issue there. Um, okay, so you've got Matoma in there. Now, I'm a Brighton fan, and I haven't got Matoma. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know whether this might 
this might throw a spanner in the works or not. Uh-huh. Um, ho- hopefully you're, you're resolute um, and we'll keep him. But um, I've gone for Pedro instead of Matoma. Um, when oh, I nice. first got Pedro, because I'm such a, such a brilliant hipster in the game, he was only 5% <laughs> owned. Uh, and now he's well over 10%. So he's double ownership um, because he's on penalties, we know. Um, he seems like he's going to start... Because of this extended minutes rule, the cut down on time wasting, even if he comes on as a sub, um, he's going to get an extra 10, 20 minutes against tired legs. And Brighton don't stop attacking. They attack yep. from the off. Um, so whoever's on the pitch um, attacks. So I've, that's my choice. I've gone for Pedro. Same could apply for Mitoma as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, you've gone for Matoma and Watkins, whereas myself and, and others have gone for Pedro and a beefed up Matoma to perhaps a Madison, for example, or a Foden. Mm. Yeah, very, very interesting conversation. Uh, you see, even with a template draft, you can, yeah. you know, uh, spark yeah. up some spark up some differences in, in um, decision making, right? And I I think the weakest, this is crazy to say, but I think the weak, weakest position in my team is actually Matoma mm. from the starting 11. Yeah, yeah. I'm not convinced this is a good pick at, like, it's a good pick, but it, I'm not like fully bullish on this pick, right? So there's a couple of things here, right? You compare him to the other 6.5s, which is Mbumo mm-hmm. as well as Eze is in the talks. Of the three, maybe it's Mbumo versus Matoma for me, uh, but I'm not like leaning here or there with it. And then the Joel Pedro pick is, I, I do think is a better pick than Matoma from what we've seen in the pre, last mm-hmm. preseason game where he was very attacking, where he was central. He was getting a lot of, you know, funneling a lot of balls towards him as well on the penalties while Gross was on the pitch. Um, so I get it. I, I, I do like that pick, but I prefer Watkins. If I was to go Joel Pedro, mm-hmm. um, I really like Madison as a pick. <laughs> when I talked about how I want to upgrade Matoma with a million, mm-hmm. that's the Madison position I really yeah. want. But that means I would have to find 0.5 somewhere else. Okay. So, um, so that's that's the dilemma I have in my mind in okay. terms of Matoma versus I mean, that, Pedro. That is exactly the move I have. So Matoma for me is actually Madison. And um, hmm. one of the reasons I I went for Madison is because Harry Kane scored four goals. Um, hmm. Son, as you will know, um, because you're one of his big cheerleaders in the FPL community, <laughs> is, is, is injury free, and we all know what Son can do when he's injury free. Yep. Um, meanwhile, Kulisevsky's doing well. Madison's in that creative role. Um, they just look, look full of goals. And yeah. I wanted a piece of that from the off. Um, yeah. And so that's what influenced me with with getting Madison over Matoma. But yeah, so, I mean, that brings me on to my next question. There's no Son here. <laughs> so yeah. explain to me um, why there's no Son here. <laughs> so there's a couple of things. Um I have to be as unbiased as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and at right now, if I was to pick between a 7.5 Madison and 9.0 Sun, uh, my heart says always go Sun. But yeah. um, I think Madison is the better pick right now. Yeah. Um, there's a couple things here. Sun has only played, I would say, less than what's 90 plus 45 minutes, you know, less yeah. than a game and a half. Right. Yeah. Um, and. He's just getting into the rhythm. He's going to need time to figure out this chemistry with Madison and um, Udogi. And if you really look at the games, he's staying super, super wide. Um, I've talked about this numerous times on Burning Questions too, Joe, where mm. uh, our Spurs are very central. They keep Sun and Kulu super wide. 
and they're like sort of the ignition to the the attack uh whereas madison is the guy making the runs towards the box Mm -hmm. forming a good chemistry with kane as well so i just think i'm gonna wait on sun i'm sure he's gonna to find this season and i'm hoping to have him in in my team at some point in time okay um uh, so there um so yeah as you can see um there's already changes so sometimes with these team reveals some of the comments say oh these teams are all the same template picks but we can see there are differences already i mean i consider my team template you consider your team template but there's already huge differences there um but there is a three five two um before i talk about the two strikers you've got i mean probably won't dwell on harlan too long have you considered a three four three because you're saying Matoma's one of your weak links and you did prefer Pedro. So why not Haaland, Watkins and Pedro? No, I, I've definitely considered it. Mm. I think if I was to go a 3-4-3, that would mean I would want a better player than Udogi as my first bench. Yeah. Because the idea there is that, okay, Joe Pedro, if he plays the first three, I'm betting on him playing well in the first two mm. or three games. I can't yeah. remember which fixtures, but especially that first one, I believe is Luton. So. Yeah. That's where that's where I think people are betting on the Jao Pedro pick yeah. as a first game week. Let's get off to a hot start. Um, but you want to have a backup there. So if that would probably create, what, 1.5-ish extra money mm-hmm. for you to get to that Madison. Keep that Madison in the bank. And uh, maybe you can't get to Madison, sorry. Um, but have a decent sort of mm-hmm. bench member to come off uh, in order to make sure that in case the Pedro experiment fails, you have a backup plan. Yeah, um, I would say that a player like Pedro, for and, and by the same token, Liverpool attackers um, and the likes of Trossard as well, even if they will get minutes, you won't need a sub because mm. they will play. They'll either start or they'll come on for, you know, 60, 70 minutes. Um, but um, just lastly on the attackers, um, so the Salah draft that you constructed... I've done the same with salad drafts and each time I've swiped it and gone back because I don't like, I feel there's too many corners cut. But do you think, it's a terrible word coverage, but do you think that one of the other attackers like Jota um, could be an option as well for you? Um, it's perhaps instead of Salah or perhaps to move on to, so Martinelli to a Liverpool um, uh, midfielder in game week two. I mean, is that something you considered? For sure, I think uh, I think Liverpool are going to be very, very attacking this year, um, but right, it's just not the right time. You know why risk it when you have literally Arsenal, one of the best teams in the league, if not the top two teams in the league right now, mm. that's handed to you, and then you have you know Manchester United key players that you can get at a very cheap price point. Mm-hmm. Bruno Fernandes eight point five is ridiculous. Um, and you go for it. If it doesn't work out, then you have an outing to get to the Jota or Darwin or um, Luis Diaz, whoever starts to show, okay, we know how explosive Jota can be. He, yeah. We know how amazing of FPL pick he can be. But are you confident going him ahead of Martinelli, ahead of Bruno Fernandes right now? Yeah. You know, that's the question you should be asking yourself. And my, my answer is no, not uh, for now. Yeah. And I guess also it's really looking at that Bournemouth fiction game week two. Uh, it's not a great opening uh, game for for Liverpool, um, and then their fixtures are a bit middling for a while, and then it's more. I'll, I'll put the fixtures up on the screen just so um, we can remind people of them. So Liverpool have um, yeah Chelsea to start, not great start, but then Bournemouth, that Bournemouth fixture at home, <clears throat> uh, 
and then Newcastle away and then Aston Villa at home. Um, not great. Wolves away. Okay. West Ham uh, um, at home. Good. And then you've got Tottenham and Brighton um, uh, away, which aren't good. So it's very middling and it's not a team I personally would want to invest too much in. But yeah, I mean, the likes of, of, of Jota, I mean, their, their ceiling can be huge. I mean, they can... I mean, if they really trounce Bournemouth, you could be you could be looking at hat tricks for some of these players. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely there. But I, I guess you're not a sort of a risk taking manager because I, I guess a risk taking manager would just go in on a Jota and Darwin and just hope hope they play and hope they can score lots against Bournemouth. Yeah. So I think in the last three seasons I've played, I've come off with you know really really good ranks um, and. All three seasons, I played the same way, and I plan to do it the same way. Mm. Um, I I believe I start off re- like from assessing myself. Mm. I believe I start off very patient and sort of follow the pack for for the initial. I know it sounds boring, guys. I I know, you know, people always say like why why template, but there it's template for a reason, right? It's such a good team uh, just by looking at this yeah. team, right? Yeah. And then I start taking sort of risks um, here and there. Uh, for example, I had Sun for his hat trick off the bench last mm-hmm. season, which was a game changer. Mm-hmm. I remember I had Bowen right before everyone got him two seasons ago. Uh, little things like that start to add up over the course of the season. So I I believe I'm sort of a more patient manager where I take risks when I see an opening, mm-hmm. when I see that I'm maybe a little bit ahead of the pack or around the pack and, and kind of game strategy that way as well. So very complex way to think of it but at the same time i go with instinct as well um so what i mean by this is there there are moments where i feel like okay i think this player is going to do really well this week and i'll have no regrets if i commit to this decision so uh, because you want to have fun uh, and you want that's when you really have fun right cheering for a key differential against a very template um, popular pick so a uh, little bit of a balance of both throughout the course of the season. Okay, so you've got um, uh, we've well, got three attackers, but two in a three-five-two playing two. Uh, Mabama, who is either second or third or pops fourth choice at West Ham, we don't know yet, um, but he'll be one of those. Um, but you've also got Harlan. We're not going to dwell on everyone knows why they've got Harlan because his ceiling is so high, especially um, mm. against these these lesser teams. Um, but then you've got Watkins as well. So I'm I'm going to assume that you did have Jesus, and then yes. you've moved to Watkins because that seems to be what most people have done. Does that indicate to you that Watkins isn't actually a player that you really wanted? You just like his price point. Very very good question. Um, I'll be completely frank with you. I went from Jesus to Nkuku, uh, and then I eventually got to Watkins. Uh, the fact that I didn't consider Watkins. Um, it me just goes to show that sometimes you get caught up in the hive mindset mm. or mm. or you just kind of ignore an asset uh, because there is a better asset in front. I think Jesus is a better asset, right, mm. um, for now, for the beginning part of the season. But Watkins has really grown on me um, as I think about it more and more. Um, and I sort of fell into, uh, he fell into my my draft and I, I don't think there's a better option than Watkins. He's a tick-along type of player. I don't, think of him as a three-week punt, four-week punt. I think of him as I want to keep him for as long as I can because I know he's going to deliver the points. It's just a matter of when uh, in terms of walking. And of course, there are... And, other, yeah, I was, I was going to say there are other players that can come in. So it's nice to have that price point as well. Exactly, exactly. It's hard to go from Joe Pedro to Watkins. Mm. 
but you can go from Watkins to Jackson or uh, who knows who emerges, right? Um, and I also want to say that Aston Villa are a team that they're forced to be reckoned with this mm -hmm. season. Uh, I mean, they look really, really good. And I think Watkins and Diaby could do some damage as well. Um, so I'm very, very excited about having an Aston Villa player in my team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's the, I mean, the, the way I went with it was very similar. I had Jesus and then I went to Nkunku. He got injured. Then I moved to Watkins and then, and then I, but that was very brief. It was possibly an hour Watkins was in my team and then moved to Pedro <laughs> because then I started nice. to look at some, some other options. Well, they did leave me with a lot in the bank. Um, but yeah, and that's what I thought. And that, that was the thing that kept, kept ringing around in my head was the Watkins was actually my third choice for there because mm. Pedro was already in my, actually, sorry, Pedro was already in my team. So it was more like going nice. down to a 4.5. So Pedro was already in my thoughts um, and, and Watkins uh, wasn't. But then, but now obviously speaking to people <laughs> yourself and also looking into it, because as you said, sometimes the obvious, you know, you, you, you don't notice it. But yeah. he is a sure starter. He's going to play the bulk of 90 minutes. Yeah. Everything about their play is geared towards getting Ollie Watkins to score. It's not like he's yeah. like a Firmino or in a way a Jesus where he's sort of making space for other players. It's just all about Watkins scoring. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a sound. Uh, he, he's the player I fear <laughs> in your team. You know, um uh, that's the fact that you mentioned fear, Joe. Um, mm. By the way, you talking about Joe Pedro, Joe Pedro mm. as a Brighton fan is also very convincing. Um, <laughs> I think Joe Pedro, yeah. I want him uh, for game week one. You just can't have him all, right? Yeah. But um, when you talk about fear with Watkins is that last season around game week 26, I believe, mm. a lot of people brought in Watkins. Yeah. And for some reason, I decided going for Havertz that week was... Yeah. This is the crazy thing about FPL. You have we we sit here for two months in the summer talking about a draft and people complaining about drafts, people wanting different ideas, this and that. And then the actual game comes from these game weeks mid season where you have like, you know, a couple of days to think about and you know, make a decision mm -hmm. last minute that mm -hmm. can backfire or do really well. And that was sort of what cost me a top ten K in my opinion, uh, last season. So I remember sitting game week, game uh, out without walk-ins and being just seeing him destroy teams and mm. not having him in my team was very scary. Um, and maybe that perspective has sort of altered my mindset to thinking he was actually a great pick that I didn't have last season. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be in the same position this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, this might be an example of sort of the grass is always greener um, because I, I was one of those people who did, did get Watkins in. So, mm. you know, got, got all his goals against Newcastle, but, as an owner, I don't think I captained him at all. I think most of the games he scored and possibly possibly got some bonus. <clears throat> mm. But I remember the penalty miss as well. And mm -hmm. I don't remember, <laughs> apart from the Newcastle game, ever thinking, well, Watkins has saved my game week or anything like that. I mean, I had Harry Kane, <laughs> on the other hand, definitely did many weeks. But Watkins, I didn't feel that I didn't most weeks he got under 10 points. But that's the that's the point, right? Most yeah. weeks he got under 10 points, yeah. but he <laughs> always got a return. Yeah. Uh, so that that's what I meant. But, but you're right. I think it was a Newcastle game where he, he had a monster game. Yeah. And 
that was detrimental as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, just, I mean, the more, the more I look at it, the more Watkins is a bit of a, an absentee, but um, I, 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 I myself have, have shied away from that three, four, three and gone mm. for that. Cause, cause it is just the wealth of midfielders. And I mean, that's the, that's probably the story of preseason. Like last season's preseason, the story was big at the back, big debate about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the reality was middle at the back was the best, you know, have, there are good, uh, cheap options you know in arsenal defenders and you didn't need to spend so much now that now it's all it's all about the midfield and that eight to nine million category but a few scenes about i don't know if you were playing here do you remember the season of the seven million mids where seemingly i think it was three or four seasons ago seemingly every midfielder attacking midfielder you wanted was seven million and so teams Mm -hmm. were packed full of them and they mm-hmm. had the likes of, say, Mason Mount and uh, quite a few others. Um, but a lot of them didn't deliver. Um, mm. And there was a lot of hasty rearranging because we invested too much there. Um, so that could possibly happen here. So what what if we're all wrong about Fernandez, Saka, Martinelli, Rashford? They're not all going to bang. Um, Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, what What is your sort of sort of bigger plan here so you mentioned you mentioned <laughs> looking at perhaps getting madison in in game week three perhaps you've got yeah. the choice of an extra chelsea player game week three but what 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 sort of scenarios are you playing out in your head with thinking you know you know maybe we wildcard a particular week or any sort of bigger restructuring being yeah. taking place yeah I mean, I mean, great questions i i think with a team like this you don't need to wildcard too early uh, because I do see myself world carding after I believe it was like first or second international break game week nine. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a couple of issues with my team is that I'm lacking city assets. Um, and so what happens with these with this team and the structure and these price points is essentially I can get to pretty much anyone except Salah and KDP from potentially just one move um, and from two moves, no problem at all. Right. Yeah. So. That's kind of the flexibility I see with this team. The Udogi and Showell picks are there just to make sure that in case Chelsea or Spurs seem like differential teams in game week three to go for, um, I can have an extra asset. And then Liverpool is the one I'm keeping my eyes on when their fixtures turn or I see an opportunity to hop on a Jota or Luis Diaz. Mm. I think they're very good picks as well. So no no, no secret here. I think it's, uh, it's a very fairly... Mm popular, simple strategy. Uh, and I've always been sort of not planning way too ahead. Um, I like to sort of go game week by game week, maybe think two or three game weeks in advance, but not not like 10 game weeks in advance. Yeah. So that's okay. kind of where I'm at with this team. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, thanks a lot for your time, Andy. The, it, it's a great team. Um, I, th- I think over the course of preseason, my team has has been pretty much bang on this at some point, probably. Um, <laughs> yeah. But all the lots of players come and go during preseason, during the tinkering there. But um, lots of lots of great picks. And yeah, it's hard. I mean, when you say Matoma's your weakest link, then you know it's a good team um, because he's yeah. an exceptional player. Um, so um, I, I, I'm sure you're going to have a good start to the season with this team. Um, Appreciate it, Andy. Good luck with this. Good luck with burning questions, and um, good luck with the rest of the season. See you soon, Andy. Thank you, Joe.